how to not only save time, become a master at using it wisely in this week's episode of Success Convo. Welcome to Success Convo. I'm Ryan Ingle. And I'm Kate Carlisle. Let me tell you right now, this is Kate's domain. I have never seen someone that uses time better. And I really want to kick this off by saying everyone needs to listen to this episode all the way through because this is the biggest thing that we let go down the drain is our time. I am guilty of it. Kate's not guilty of it. She has her stuff together. But we've all at some point, we could use our time better. That's exactly what we are going to focus on. Kate has taken the reins. She's prepared something awesome here for us. Five major keys. We're going to discuss them. And I, as a grandmaster time waster, am going to play sort of devil's advocate and dig in because at the end of this, I want to gain way more knowledge about time management. And I have tried everything tried the apps and all. Kate, I'll flip it over to you. Thanks, Ryan. Well, I appreciate the vote of confidence. I have to say it just to to kick this off. I haven't always been as good at managing my time as I am now. I think it's been sort of a constant work in progress and quest for self-improvement as in many things in our lives. But the key point here that I think a lot of people miss is that we, we have an overabundance of time, actually. It's just we're masters at wasting time. We have so much of it, we just, we don't spend it well. And everybody wants more time, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a professional or an entrepreneur. I know so many people, and I myself sometimes feel like, God, if I only had three more hours in the day or 12 more hours in the day, I could get so much more done and be so much more of a productive human being. You actually do have that time. It's just a matter of finding it and squeezing it out of your day. The goal of this podcast is really to help you learn how to make better use of your time and how to better structure your time, which is time management, but also how to improve the quality of your time, which is time mastery. So there's both a quantitative aspect in terms of how many minutes in your day do you have and how many tasks are you able to perform. There's also this qualitative aspect aspect of are you enjoying the time that you're spending are you really getting the most out of it do you feel satisfied and fulfilled with how you're spending your time the first tip that I want to throw out here and Ryan is going to be devil's advocate here and I'm sure he'll try to poke holes in this is slow down and slow down may sound very counterintuitive when you're talking about how to better manage your time and and get more done but I want you to think about something what happens when you are rushing? If you are trying to get ready in the morning, most of us are frazzled, moving in a million directions. If you have kids, you may be trying to get them off to school and you're just sort of rushing through, going through the motions and you're much more likely to make mistakes or have accidents happen. So for example, you knock your salad off the counter, it goes all over the floor and you end up taking an extra seven minutes to make a new salad and clean up the mess, right? So that can slow you down. That's wasting your time probably wouldn't have happened if you just sort of slowed down and been more methodical about how you're going about your tasks. While slowing down may sound counterintuitive, in the long run, it's going to save you a lot of time because you're not going to be making mistakes. The second aspect of this is that when you slow down, you're actually going to enjoy the time more that you're spending on activities that you find pleasurable. So a good example of this and one that I see come up all the time, Ryan certainly in, in the RE Fitness business, but just generally with people that I know, is the concept of working out. Right? You, you may have an hour in your day that you've blocked off for your workout time. And there are a million different ways that you could use that. Some people enjoy going to the gym. But the problem is it may take them 20 minutes to commute. So 10 minutes there, 10 minutes back. And if you only have an hour... 
that leaves you 40 minutes at the gym to get done what you need to get done. You may have to wait for machines. You may have, you know, a, a bunch of different things may come up while you're at the gym that eat into the time you have to do your exercises. So you may only get about 20, 30, if you're lucky, minutes to actually work out. And you're stressed. You're rushing through things. It's not an enjoyable experience at that point because you're just so focused on how you're using the time and the time you're losing. Now, the contra- the converse of that is instead of going to the gym, and it's like, granted, this may not work for everybody, but instead of going to the gym, why not go for a hike? Why not do some HIIT workouts at home? Get some dumbbells. Do some workouts in you your basement on, or in your you living room. You mean on a time crunch? Like if you were in a time crunch, you would opt out of that gym workout even if that was on your schedule. I would. I okay. would. Because I think you're going to – this goes back to quality, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to – if you have 40 minutes, let's say you have 40 minutes to get your workout in – it's much easier to just chop out that 20 minutes of commuting time and be in your own space at home. You can blast whatever music you like. You can have the TV on if you want. It's going to be a much more pleasurable experience for you, and you're going to get more out of it if you're not rushing through it and feeling like you're fighting the clock. I agree with that. It also comes down to what your actual goal is because I mean, if you're a competitive bodybuilder or a lifter and you have shoulder day and you don't own a gym at your house, you're probably going to thug that out and push it but yeah if you know if you have gen- more general fitness goals and it's not as necessary you might not be using your time wisely i do agree with the, the slowdown aspect i really do i can't really poke holes in it because you're absolutely right i mean in my opinion all we have is the moment and we should be enjoying that moment and you're going to look much more smooth when you have things planned out rather than like you said rushing you're going to cause little errors things are going to splinter bad for you when you rush and most of the time you can't avoid it when you're rushing when you're late think about it how many times are you late for something kate's never so i'll point this one to the (laughs) audience if we're late for something we are rushing and that rush does cause all types of splinter issues that waste more of our time not to mention our confidence takes a nice punch when we do show up for that presentation or show up for that moment we have rushed so much that we now don't have that preparation confidence that we would normally have so I'm, I'm in full agreement with this one the only thing that i'll say is that i have a switch kate knows about the switch i call it gsd when i'm running out of time or when it's time to get the grind in there and get something done i go into gsd it's get shit done mode when it's gsd time to switch i'm rolling i'm in and there's nothing going to stop me I get into this fireball mode, but that, that eats my intensity and also eats my willpower. So if I have to hit that workout at the end of the day and I know I need to get shoulders in, I might go into GSD mode, which means if somebody's on the equipment that I use, I don't have the luxury of waiting for it. I will go ahead and you know switch my workout up right then and there. If it's a project and I need to get it done, but I have a, I have a big principle when I use GSD, 40% error margin. It is far better to get something done than to sit there and try to make it per- I'm a big fan of getting stuff done. So I'll flip into GSD mode. So that's the only time I'll go against that slowdown aspect. But for the most part, I agree. And I just want everyone to know that I'm, I'm using a notepad right now and noting down what Kate is saying. Because these are just really good tips. And I don't want to forget them. So if anyone else is doing the same, whether using your iTunes, iPhone notes, I think this one's going to be great, especially how this just kicked off. Thank you for that. So we're moving on to number two. Number two. All awesome. right. This one is a biggie. And I know it's it's hard for a lot of people. It's been hard for me, but it's, it's something that you got to practice, which is plan, plan, plan. And this includes both the things that you have to do and the things that you want to do. And that may sound completely counterintuitive and like it's taking all of the fun out of your free time if you have to plan your free time, but it actually can benefit you in a ton of different ways. 
Brian and I have talked about this a lot. And something that I think eats all of us is the spaces between. And these are like the interstices in your day. That's my term. I love, I love yeah, that term. Yeah. The I like interstices. It's a medical term, but between. it works. Between. That's what yeah. we call it, the space between. The space between. So explain that. The space between Can is... I explain what it is and then you can talk about how to beat it? Sure. Okay, so the space between, and we are all victims of this, right? At the end of your day, maybe you have not got that big assignment done or, you know, all the stuff that you needed to get done and you're sitting there and you're, it's 11 o'clock. You wanted to get more done that day. Look back at your day and that little demon that gives you the space between time. It's the time between something. It's the time like your workout is, if you're going to work out at five and then your shower is at 630, whatever, the space between where you drift off and whether you pick up your phone and you're, you're lost in YouTube videos or reading or whatever it is, you look back at that and it's like, it's the, the non-productive moments that are between bigger tasks that you have to get done. So that's the space between. Mm-hmm. So this one's going to tell us how to beat it? This is going to tell you how to beat it. Well, cool, I mean, cool. you're always going to have spaces between, but the key is maximizing them, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want you to envision something, a Venn diagram. You know what a Venn diagram is where you got the two circles and then you got a space that overlaps in mm-hmm. the center. So there's, think, think about time in two different buckets. One bucket is the productive bucket mm-hmm. and the other bucket is the pleasure bucket. And a task can be one or the other, or it can be both. So for example, you're grocery shopping. Most people hate grocery shopping. I actually hate real shopping, like going to buy clothes and stuff. I just, I don't like it. But most people put shopping, grocery shopping at least, in the productive bucket. You got to do it. It's mm-hmm. a chore, but you don't enjoy it. In the pleasure bucket, I mean, you could be reading. You could be playing Angry Birds on your phone. It may not that have much. That game is 2012. <laughs> you need to step. She it doesn't play any games, you can tell. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, they're coming They're coming out with new versions you. of Angry Birds all the time. Um Whatever, it, you know, whatever game you like to play on your phone, it may not have any practical utility whatsoever. Tinder counts as a game, by the way. <laughs> Tinder Maybe can for be. You. <laughs> um, but that falls in the complete pleasure bucket. There's no practical utility. There's nothing you're going to get out of that. It's just fun. It's a way to decompress mm. and relax, right? And then there are things in the middle that you're reading, but it's something that it may be tangentially related to your career or it may be something that expands your mind. It, it enriches you in some way beyond that immediate moment. And so it's got some, it's, it's a little bit productive, but it's also a little bit fun. It's somewhere in the middle. And regardless of which bucket your tasks fall into, it's really important to plan them out. So if you know that you're going to have, like Ryan mentioned, you work out from five to six, and you don't get home until 6.30. And let's say you're on the train. You take a train home. And you have a half hour from 6 to 6.30 until you get home. And you could be just sitting there on the train. And you could just be letting that time lapse. And then you get home and you're like, well, shoot, where did that, like, that half hour just went. I didn't mm-hmm. do anything. It was just dead time. Mm-hmm. And that's a half hour you could have been doing something productive. Like you could whip out your phone and you could be catching up on your news, for example. Most mm-hmm. people feel so disconnected from news because that's one of those things that they don't block out time in their day to do. And so they don't do it. It's just they have this free time where mm-hmm. they're doing nothing, but they could be doing something like that. Mm-hmm. So I want to give another example because you gave a great one where you have this space in between two tasks. But the better one I want to give is where you don't have an immediate next task. So, for example, I know a ton of people who come home at the end of the day and they feel like they've had a full day. They're just completely wiped and they sit down on the couch and they intend to sit down on the couch for about 10, 15 minutes just to sort of decompress and, you know, let their mind go. And it ends up they flip on the TV and it ends up being an hour, an hour and a half, two hours go by. 
They look at the clock and they're like, what did you, what just happened? I intended to make dinner. I intended to, you know, work on another project. Nothing, none of that happened. I just lost two hours. The way, to, the way to combat that and the way to prevent that from happening is to make sure that you're structuring out your free time. So when you get home from work, say, okay, I'm going to have a half hour where I'm going to turn on Netflix and I'm just going to decompress. But set a timer. I like set that. Set a timer. You're structuring so your space between. Exactly. So you set a timer. That's actually pretty Your good. half hour, you're done. You're mm-hmm. done with that activity. And then you have the next one planned out. So maybe I'm going to make dinner and it's going to take me 45 minutes to cook dinner and eat dinner. You have that blocked out. And then you're going to sit down and you're going to write a blog post or whatever it may be. But you're structuring out that time. And that way you don't have those spaces between, mm-hmm. meaning just dead time that you don't know what happens and you to it. you don't have to dig in there and, and structure this thing out. Like, because I know how your schedule works. You, you don't have to take it and be super explicit about this. You can be a little bit more free form. You don't have you to can. get You don't yeah. have to get in crazy specifics and be like, you know, from 530 to to 5.45, I'm going to play Angry Birds, <laughs> Kate's <laughs> reference. Um, you, you don't have to be that specific. The other problem too, and I think this is where, where people have trouble is when they do try to plan, there's always going to be things that come up. So your plan needs to be flexible enough to contemplate things that may not go the way you anticipated. So oh. say you, you're you planning to go you know, to a movie. Without traffic, it would take you five minutes to get home from the movie, but with traffic, it takes you an extra half hour, and so you lose that time, and you're like, well, what do I do with the rest of the day that I blocked out? You need to be flexible enough that that doesn't kill you, but... Mm-hmm. No, I totally get it. I like that. So real quick, to wrap this one up, it's plan. Question, how long would you say someone needs to stay on kind of a strict... If we're abusers of time, right? If we're abusers, we're addicts, we're abusing our time. If that, If we fall into that category, how long do you think that you have to plan, even your small things even your space was between, in order for it to stick. Just give me a number here. 21 days. takes 21 days to build a habit. Little Malcolm Gladwell on us, huh? A little bit, yeah. Okay. No, I agree with that. I mean, I don't think 21 days is – I think just give yourself a solid month or you, know, you can use 21 days. So I like that. There's, a, there's some science behind the 21 days. So there's that's why I say that. There's some behind that month too. <laughs> I got my stuff. But no, I really like that. That was great. I honestly really love that, playing out those time drops. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And again, if you're an addict, it's going to help you a lot. That's very true. That's two. That's tip two that's of two. five. We got three more. I'm not really playing devil's advocate yet because you're doing an excellent <laughs> it's hard job. To poke holes in these. I can't poke holes in these, and I, I can't say, oh, I've tried that. So, okay, I'm excited to hear number three. All right. So number three, which is related to planning, is keeping a time diary. And for this one, people go, well, wait, why should I keep a diary that's going to take more time and that just seems like it's not productive. But using if you keep a diary, you can actually use go back and use it to manage your time more properly. So let me explain a couple of key benefits that I've found here from, from keeping a time diary. Um, the first is that you can see patterns and trends in your day. So if you do it, and this isn't something you got to do for 21 days or a month. <laughs> Let's say Ryan wants mm. to do a month. Um, it's really something that you can just do for a week. And then you can look back and you could see how was I using my time um, you know, what might not have been as productive or beneficial to me. And you can sort of track where you're losing that time, which will help you improve over the, you know, over the course of your next week and the weeks that follow. Um, the second thing that a time diary can do for you is that it'll help you identify which activities are making you more productive. So if you keep track of your sleep, for example, you can say, on Monday, I got six hours of sleep or seven hours of sleep. And on Tuesday, I was super productive. Look at all the stuff I knocked out on Tuesday. On Wednesday, you might have gotten 
four hours of sleep or maybe you overslept and got 10 hours of sleep. I know I have this issue. If I sleep too much, I'm actually far less productive the next day. But if you keep track of that, you can notice which activities are, are making you more or less productive. I like that. Can you give me a basic example of a time diary then? I mean, if I'm just going to do a loosely based thing and going to start rolling with one, what would that look like? Well, I think there's two ways to do it. One, um, which is, is not my preference, but I know this works for a lot of people, is at the end of the day, before they go to bed, keeping a little notebook by their bedside and going back and cataloging what they did that day and how, uh, roughly how much time they spent on it. The other way, which is something that I prefer a lot is, and you don't have to do this necessarily like minute by minute, but morning, noon, evening, going through and cataloging, that way you're not losing track because I do so many things in a day that I don't necessarily remember them all. It's crazy how much she does in a day. <laughs> I'm serious. So if you do it as you're going, um, and again, you don't want to do it so much that it's inhibiting your progress, but mm. um, but if you do it as you're going, that's that's easier sometimes. Okay, so people. you're just thinking a little booklet, something yeah, that nothing else goes in. And again, this will be for addicts in my, my opinion. But yeah, and personally, I like doing it on my phone yeah. because... That's something I always have on me. It's very easy. I'm not carrying something separate. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people like the physical having to write something down. You know what it reminds me of? What's that? It's, it's like eating your vegetables. It's definitely going to help you, right? But it's not the prettiest or most glamorous thing to have to do. It's going to help you. And keeping a time track, I can totally see the benefit there. But it's just ugh, not something that I want to do. Is there anything that can get me motivated to keep one? Well, I think one of the things that it, that is important about keeping a time diary is, and this goes to a tip we're going to give at the end, um, but we all have our priorities, things that we either actually believe are important or like to believe are important to us. And oftentimes our time and how we're allocating our time doesn't match up with our priorities. So keeping a time diary, you can actually go back and think to yourself, well, wait a second, improving my business is important to me, but I spent five hours watching TV that day and going to the park and playing with my dog when I actually could have been doing something related to my business. Gotcha. So I think just going back, it's a reality check. And I think reality checks can be very powerful. Cool. All right. Love it. Number three. All right. Time diary. Number four. You ready for number four? I didn't like number three as much. Why? Because you don't want to do it? <laughs> like I said, it's like that vegetable for me, it's like, I mean, I, if I had, if I needed it that bad, I would get through with it and I would do it. And if I really thought, you know, my time, I think what I would do is more of an emergency time inventory. Cause I've done that many times in my life. And I think that that comes down to, if you're looking at yourself and you know that you are not where you want to be and you're nowhere close and you're very far from it, you have to literally do the Ben Franklin method, throw down a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle and then organize your life. Put the things that are helping you hit that goal or that vision of yourself on the left and put the things that are not on the right. So you're really looking at the pros and cons of your life and you have to eliminate the things that are not. And that will, that I think will remedy the need of a time diary. It can. That actually I, feeds I right you. into the next tip. Ooh, look at that. The <laughs> leeway I didn't even know about. <laughs> um, so tip number four is to do less. And I know this sounds... Um, like it already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we hear all the time, do more, do more. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually pushes people in the wrong direction. And what I mean by that is when you're doing more, you, you're stretching yourself super thin. So if you have a bunch of different activities that your kids are involved in, and granted, like your kids do their thing, so that's maybe not the best example, but say you volunteered for a lot of different projects and you're working three jobs and you're trying to be Mr. or Mrs. Do-it-all. Mm -hmm. At some point, 
it's just going to be completely unmanageable and you're going to get super frustrated. So doing less means picking the four or five things that you really either care about or that are the most important to you Mm -hmm. and focusing your time on that. So one example that I I actually really love, I, I read this and it resonated with me a lot, is if you think about Apple. Apple is one of the most successful, profitable companies on this planet. And their their worth or the worth the value of their stocks is about it's over seven hundred ten billion dollars right now, which is crazy to think about. And how they've gotten there is not by having a million product lines. They have really four main product lines. So they've got the iPod, iPad, the Mac, and then the iPhone. And they've gotten a couple of other products, but really they've built that massive empire on four products. And if you think about your time the same way. You can be wildly successful by focusing on the four or five things that really make up. <laughs> you like this, right? I hope you guys are writing this down. This is gold. Yeah. I she mean, I love it. It'll help you. You can make more of, let me, let me start this. You'll have more of yourself to devote to fewer things. And mm-hmm. that means you'll enjoy them more. You'll feel more focused. You'll feel more accomplished. Just doing less is such a powerful thing. And a big entrepreneur trap is doing it all. I mean, I know how to build a website and I know how to rank a website pretty dang high in Google. That makes my options limitless on ways I could potentially make money. If I went and tried to to travel down all those paths, I'm going to get crushed. And we've been there and we've gotten crushed. You're absolutely right. You have to limit your focus. So that means a couple of things. It means bringing people in to help you. And I know we all have, I have trouble. I have trouble asking for help. I do. I like to feel like I can do it on myself. But that's probably your biggest downfall if I were to say that you even had one. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) No, I mean, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Try to do every single thing on your, on your own. Yeah. And so asking for help is one. And another problem I have is I I have a really hard time saying no to things. Even if you're good, even if you're as good as Kate is, it helps you to synergize, bring in Mm -hmm. team members because even though she might be one hell of a graphic designer and she can handle that, that doesn't mean that having someone lesser to pick up the slack on that end won't help. And, and, and a lot of times Kate will just get into the zone where she – that I, all the time I see it. So it's good that you're actually finding out one of your weaknesses here. Not just finding out, but you already knew it, but highlighting it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to work on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. So you want to move on to number five? Yeah, there's, one more, there's five? one more thing that I wanted to say, a little story I want to tell you okay. about this one. So I, this is a big thing, and I, I think this is going to appeal to the younger listeners more than the older listeners, because I feel like we kind of get it. I was dating a 20-year-old girl. This is last year. As a matter of fact, she was 19. She had this big vision, this bold, you know, creative mind. I, I, she's awesome, you know? But here's the thing. She said to me all the time, I want to do it all. I want to be a bikini model. I want to write a book. I want to be a hundred millionaire in business. This is the thing. I admire her ambition, but the reality is, here I am, I know the truth, you're not going to do all that, it's just a fact, life has not handed you, has not, has not kicked you in the stomach yet, thrown you down and beat you up to where you realize, I can't out possibly allocate my time that way, and I have learned this lesson so many times, because I just want to reach out to the person that is sitting here trying to take on a hundred different things, there's a really great book, it's called That One Thing, you should probably go pick it up and read it. It explains why Mark Zuckerberg does not look like Ronnie Coleman. Why Ronnie Coleman is not a hundred millionaire, you know, a billionaire tech investor. Because people have that one thing. Maybe a second if you really grind hard. Maybe a second. 
like Kate over here, who's an investor and attorney, for example, maybe if you grind hard enough, but you have to focus on tasks at hand for what you want to become. I have eliminated so much grief in my life by doing that. And that's why I think this is probably going to be my favorite, unless you have a, have a major one hidden for me here on the next time tips. No, I think that feeds into, if this feeds into one, that one thing. Another leeway. I'm good today. <laughs> You're just <laughs> predicting. That's, that's your name of the game today. I think it just makes so much sense. I, like, I really am glad we are having this conversation. I needed it. And it just makes so much sense the way you've structured it. All right. So number five is prioritization. And prioritizing your tasks is incredibly important. This goes back to planning. It goes back to keeping a time diary. It sort of ties into all of the tips we've talked about thus far. And really what it means is going deep inside yourself and figuring out what is most important to you. There are some things that you have to do because you need, you know, you need money. So your job has to, to some extent or another, be important to you. Putting that aside, there are other pleasurable or activities of choice that we engage in. And at some point, you just have to figure out which one matters most to you. Is it spending time with your family, which should matter a lot to you? Is it your physique, which for a lot of people is incredibly important? Is it mental mental development? Is it growing your brain? Is it growing your, your brand if you have a, comp- if it's a side business? But really taking the time to figure out what it is that matters to you most will help you better structure your time because you'll be putting those things first and making sure that you're using the, the time appropriately on those things you've prioritized. You know that I'm, I love the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of them, one of the habits is put first things first. And I really love the breakdown of that book. It's by Covey, Stephen Covey. And he breaks it down in a really crisp, clear way. I want to give you a little bit of grim imagery. I want you to picture being at your own funeral. What would you have to say about yourself? Because that is the moment of truth. Life in every day is not promised. Every day is a gift, really. We don't know what's going to happen the next day. It could, it could end at any moment. So if you're standing at your own funeral, that's the time when you look back and you really talk about and rem- reminisce on what a person's life meant. So picture being at your own and then ask yourself those questions. Ask yourself who am I? What did I do? Who was I? Things like that, right? Now, most of the time, if we if it ended right now, we would have some serious regrets. We would have some serious issues with the things we didn't do. The main reason we don't get to those things is because we are not putting what matters first. Most of us have deep relationships with our friends and family. But instead of reaching out to them, we first thing in the morning, you wake up next to your significant other. You don't immediately tell them good morning. You instead go right for your news feed, scrolling through. You're putting the things that don't matter to you as much as first because they're easy. They're fun and easy. Netflix instead of reading. Reading is not that fun, especially to me. I can't stand reading, but I'm smashing through books because I'm putting first things first. I want my brain to grow. That's my mental weights. That's the weight room for me. I'm I'm 10 times stronger in that weight room than I am in the physical weight room. And I've, I've set my life up that way. So honestly, putting these things first allow you to better enjoy those times lost in the spaces between. And that's that's a big one. That is a huge one. It's, it's prioritizing your tasks. And I think the biggest thing you can do if you are an addict there is kind of go back to that time diary slash that inventory and inventory your life and find out, hey, like really picture being at that funeral. Picture what you would say about yourself now. And then 
Envision what you would wish said about yourself. Envision that because that will guide you toward what you really want. I want to be remembered for changing people's lives for the better. I don't give a shit about the money or anything like that, but I want to be remembered for that. Now, how am I going to make that? Am I going to be achieving that? And I can promise you before I started thinking about that prioritization and I had read that seven habits book and, you know, really dug in, I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to be remembered for. I was a selfish asshole. I was wasting and blowing my time. It wasn't until I restructured and learned those things. So I think like anyone can benefit immensely from hearing this and then also applying it. That's another quick thing. Let's apply this knowledge. There's a certain reason why I'm writing this stuff down. It's because I actually want to apply it. It's, it's good to hear it. It's good to chat about it. Walk away and then you know you sometimes you forget it. But I want to dig in here and apply it. I agree. And I think a, a big sort of takeaway that I want people to have here is... this is, your big takeaway? This isn't my big takeaway, okay, but right. I think it's it's important enough to mention, mm-hmm. is don't get discouraged. It's like if you have a fitness plan and you fall off, which happens to 99% of people. The important let, thing is let, not that you're... Less cons- than my clients. My clients have been sticking <laughs> ass true. through, boy. That's true. Ryan's Shit. clients accepted. Um, I swear to God, and I just have to give a shout out to any of my clients that have been listening to this. Y'all kick some serious ass because literally Kate and I were doing the analysis on fitness fall-offs and she's damn right. It's about 90%. 90% of people are coming through, blowing through, buying programs, falling off, you know, and my, my program is moderately priced, but my clients are sticking and that's just, it, it just kicks ass. So I just had to throw that in there. Well, I'm sure they'll appreciate that, and I can second that. Shit, I certainly. appreciate it. So, but I, like like falling off a fitness plan, the important thing is not that you're consistent 100% of the time, but that when you do fall off, you get right back on the wagon, and you don't beat yourself up too much about it. When, For example, when I was, and I used to, as I said, not be that great about time management. Not that I wasted a lot of time. I just don't think my priorities were in the right place, like I was spending my time on the things that mattered. And... It was a, it's a constant work in progress and you can't feel too bad about yourself if you have a day, for example, where you don't keep your time diary or you don't plan things out or your plan gets messed up. It's, it's important to just get back up, keep going, don't get discouraged with yourself. But if you're an addict, get your shit in check. That's right. Got to be that's real right. here. And that's why I don't think that the inventory works very well for people. It's It may work well for people who are big picture thinkers, mm-hmm. but for people who have never done any sort of planning, they need to start strict. And If you're not where you're at in your life, you need to do what she's saying. You need to get a time diary. You need to be more structured. Because if you don't, if you think that you got it, because this is so simple, it, it's one of those things where you think you got it. And you're going to go through your days and you're going to let that, that's all going to blow past you. If you think that you got it, nope. One thing that I tell Kate, she does store runs, you know, we kind of split the duties here, you know, because we keep the office pretty stocked. And I constantly tell her, write down what we're buying from the super target before, before you leave. And it's funny, whenever we don't write it down, something gets left, right? And that interferes with prep, that interferes with office flow, clients that come, like, this is the thing. It's, it's so, it seems so simple, but what I want to push you to do is if that you're an addict, admit it, get on the, get yourself that time diary, start structuring out those spaces between times. You got to do this. Cause you, like I said, I always give a big shout out to people that have been listening to our podcast. We've been getting, by the way, thank you so much. We've been getting so much great feedback and this is only third episode in. And I just want people to actually take action. 
Not just listen to this. Not just roll through and listen to this. We ain't trying to sell you on something here, guys. We're not trying to sell you a sub. We're not trying to sell you a course, something like that, right? Which, I mean, that would be a good idea, but that's not what's happening here. I want you to take away from this something that you can use. So get the time diary, honestly. And I don't think I'm so much of an addict. I mean, I'm, I could definitely benefit from a time diary. I'm not going to say I couldn't or, or that I wouldn't, but I just want you to, you know, take action. All right, so we ready for the big takeaway, the big wrap-up? Yeah, knock it out. All right, so mine, mine is a little bit sobering, I think. Um, but do it today. I mean, it's important to do, but it's important to do it today. And I actually was having a conversation with a colleague of mine the other day, and he's a little bit older than I am, probably about 15, 20 years older than I am. And he said, you know, at some point you wake up and you just say to yourself, damn, it's New Year's again already. And what he was talking about was how quickly time flies the older you get. And the years just go like that. And that's going to keep happening to people. It happens to me. It happens to everybody. And there's not a minute to wait. If you tell yourself, hey, I'm 23. I can kick back for a couple of years. And I'll start worrying about time management when I'm 30. It's too late by then. you got to start today. And so if this is something where you're hearing these tips and you're saying, that sounds great. I'll do it next week. There's no next week. Do it now. I love that. That's damn good. I didn't even think you needed a big takeaway because this presentation was gold. So well, thank you. Let me let me take another turn with my big takeaway. Let's hear it. And you guys know that every success convo, we are going to do our big takeaway. It's like our best piece of advice toward this. For my big takeaway, I'm going to give you a very simple tip. And I want to see if Kate agrees with this. Here's a quote. He that rises late must trot all day. Benjamin Franklin. What that means is that if you wake up late, your day is going to be wrecked. I think that your day starts with the night before. I think that your day starts with getting a night's sleep. Because here's what I've noticed in my life. The biggest thing about time. The days that I get a night's sleep, a, night, a good night's sleep, and I wake up early, I feel like by like 4 or 5 p.m., I have smashed so many tasks, almost a week's worth of tasks smashed. And then I still have more time for the space between, more time for the chill. I mean, this is very basic. Think about it. Early to bed, early to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's so true. So my big takeaway here is think about the time. Think about your next day, the night before. Try to get up earlier. I'm not going to load you up. I'm not going to hit you with, I mean, I, there's no better. There is no better presentation, in my opinion, than what I just heard from Kate. And I have watched TED Talks on this. I have dug in different things. I think she hit all the nails on the head. And she manages our time extremely well. I promise you, I've never seen anybody do better. So I really think that, that take this one to heart. But that's why I'm going to hit you with this very simple tip. And I mean, think about it. Ask yourself that. Look back at your last two weeks. The days that you got up early, didn't you have that conquered the day feeling by four or five? And then when you conquer the day feeling, when you conquer that day like that, the next day, you're tired that night. So your next day kind of naturally rolls into being another successful day. That ball doesn't drop for us until we fall off of that sleep schedule. I love that. I think it's super important and definitely true for me and a lot of folks I know. So hit the nail on the head. And it didn't one. really get touched on through, through the presentation. I tried to throw a curveball for the big takeaway here. <laughs> no, like it's a very that? good curveball. I like it. Awesome. 
This one was great. Thank you so much, Kate, for preparing this and, and knocking it out of there. Like I said, I, I tried to play devil's advocate, but I really couldn't because it was, it was very That moment point. you can't play devil's advocate, though. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, thank you guys for listening. Listen, please download. Please share. We want to help get this out to people because this stuff is gold. So get this thing shared. Um, tag us tag us in it that way we know that you're sharing it we can drop by give us your feedback um we want this to be a discussion it's success convo it belongs to everybody who's listening and just like everything else it's member driven discussion driven so we're going to launch one every single tuesday we're wrapping this one up thank you so much again kate any last words because this was yours now I've just enjoyed giving this presentation. I hope it's helpful to a lot of people because these tips have been very instrumental in, in my success and better time management. So hope you get a lot out of it. Catch you guys next week on Success Convo. Mm -hmm.